What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Dig Straight Down. This is episode four, and I am your host, Rebel JC. Well, this the latter part of this whole month of January has been really about the nether. Um, it all started when the devs of uh, Minecraft were asking for suggestions for the nether update on Twitter. And by the way, if you're not following these guys on Twitter, I highly recommend it. Um, they're pretty easy to find. Just search for Minecraft, and I mean, they're all over Twitter. So uh, they're they're very worth following if you're at all interested in keeping up with the news of the game because that's what they're talking about. Anyway, so they started asking for suggestions, and uh, everybody started speculating: Is the Nether update coming soon, or is at least a snapshot coming soon? Um, and, uh, well, what we found is that, no, a snapshot wasn't coming, at least not th- this week that they started posting all this stuff, but perhaps maybe the next week or um, sooner rather than later, at least. So one of those tweets from Henrik, a Minecraft developer, uh, says, Hey, Minecrafters, looking forward to giving y'all access to some of the cool new Nether stuff soon, and thanks for helping us figure out what piglins should barter Super useful input. Uh, That was January 27th when he tweeted that. Um, So we can expect some cool stuff soon. I mean, that's what he says, soon. Now, how soon is that? I would say maybe um, a couple of weeks, maybe, uh, from the recording of this. This podcast being recorded right now at uh, January 31st. So I would imagine maybe uh, February, maybe the first two weeks of February, I think we'll start to see some some snapshots. Now, he talks about uh, things that piglins should barter. Um, that kind of raised some uh, some good suggestions from the community and, and made me think about it a little bit. Some people were suggesting um, another fortress maps, sort of like a, how uh, a cartographer villager will give you a map to an ocean monument or to a... Um, uh, what else do they give you? They give you um, ocean monuments and uh, Woodland Mansions. Yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. So I, I thought that would be a really cool thing if, if you barter uh, uh, with a piglin and they throw you a Nether Fortress map because sometimes those things are hard to find, um, honestly, especially in uh, the Nether as it is right now where there's not a lot of landmarks and you can kind of wander around in circles without realizing it. That's going to be fixed, obviously, but I still think it would be nice to have um, a map to other Nether Fortresses if you've... Um, already raided the one that you that was close to spawn and you want to find another one, I think that would be pretty helpful. Um, because we're in the nether, I think potions would be an appropriate um, an appropriate trade to uh, barter with. Uh, because, I mean, in the nether you have nether warts, you have a lot of the, the potion brewing ingredients in the nether. I think it makes sense for the piglins to um, trade potions. Maybe certain kinds, maybe not not every kind, but maybe certain kinds. I think that would be uh, make a lot of sense as far as lore goes. Also, I think uh, crossbows and arrows would be a good trade uh, for a piglin to have, um, since they that's what they use. They they use crossbows, they use arrows, um, maybe even a gold sword. But I mean, who wants a gold sword? Um, crossbows and arrows would be a good trade. Um, enchanted books for crossbows and swords. Um, you can see that, uh, I mean, I, th- I think it's a good expectation that piglins will be using enchanted weapons, much like um, pillagers do. So uh, maybe if you can have access to some of those enchantments, uh, that would be pretty cool. Since they hunt the hoglin as uh, a part of their culture, um, trading the hoglin meat, and perhaps even trading 
hogland leather and hogland tusks. Those are speculations. I don't know if you're going to actually get leather and tusks from a hogland. It would be really cool. Uh, maybe if you can use that leather and the tusks to craft some new items in the game. Uh, it would be pretty cool because as far as I can tell, it's going to be pretty difficult to farm hoglins as they are a hostile mob and you're going to be constantly dodging attacks. Um, now, as far as a uh, another update, what we might could expect, <clears throat> what I'm expecting personally, I think it's going to be biomes forward. So it's going to be really featuring what the biomes will look like. It's going to be featuring those new blocks, those new visuals, perhaps the new sound effects. Um, the mobs, as far as the mobs go and the mob behavior, I think those are very much still a work in progress. Um, mobs, the, the piglins and the hoglins and whatever else might be there, I think those will be very buggy if they're present. Um, but they'll still be fun to play around with and at least to kind of get a, um, a, uh, a first-person view of, um, because so far we've only seen it through the eyes of uh, the developers. And I'm not sure exactly um, when... Mojang, or Mojang rather, is planning on releasing the mountain update that I'm looking forward to mountain update. I don't know when they're planning on releasing this. I don't know if it's this year, maybe later this year. I don't know. Um, but it would be really cool to get some sort of snapshot of that. Maybe, um, maybe not a full on, um, biome, but maybe just maybe a little, a bit of uh, snow or your snow to play with and just kind of see what those mechanics are going to be like. Or maybe even the goats to play with and see um, how they'll act and, and maybe what makes them special at all. Um, I don't know. Maybe that would happen. That's just kind of on my wish list. We'll see. But what I wanted to uh, also talk about as f before we leave the nether, this week, um, the week of the 31st of January, uh, the devs have been going crazy with um, screenshots of the Nether update, and everybody was was pretty excited. They thought that, oh man, this means that the next day, tomorrow, they're going to release an, uh, a uh, snapshot. That's unfortunately not. Slice um, said no, but while you're waiting for the snapshot, here's some screenshots. So it was pretty cool to see. Everybody was kind of scanning every pixel for a new thing. There was one, I forget who tweeted this, but there was one screenshot in particular that seemed to show a new, as-of-yet-unseen block sort of hidden behind a tree. And this new block looked like it might be a new planks block or possibly a new stone block variety. Um, I thought, personally, that it looked more like a different kind of plank block, which makes sense because um, I do believe that they confirmed that the uh, tree-like uh, structures in the nether update are actually trees that are native to the nether. Um, and I would assume that with those trees, you would be able to make planks, just like in the trees from the overworld. So they looked a bit different. They weren't um, all the planks on this block, if it is indeed planks. Um, they weren't facing the same direction as they do um, with overworld native planks. These were more, they almost looked more like a crate. So you would have, you would have pieces of wood laid across each other at like a right angle. It almost looked more like a crate than um, the, uh, the normal plank blocks that we're used to, which could be kind of a cool secondary use for them if you wanted to have crates of different kinds in your build. Um, this looked 
if, if I'm correct, and this is going to be sort of a brownish plank block, that would be a cool use for it. And I just think it, it's awesome to have a new plank variety uh, that looks different, has a different texture. It's not just a different color, but an actual different texture look. So the screenshots were pretty cool. Again, if you're not following the devs of Minecraft on Twitter, I highly recommend it. Uh, they post things like that all the time, and it's pretty pretty amazing to see. So uh, this, this episode, I really wanted to uh, talk about the Wandering Trader, everybody's favorite and least favorite mob in the game. I, I think this, this mob is... Um, a very special one uh, in the mind of the community. No one's really neutral on the Wandering Trader. Either you dislike it or you do like it. I think that there are pros and cons, and I did want to get into those uh, in today's episode. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning that the Trader is a is a variant of the Villager. So the Trader is not separate from the Villagers, not as much as we would think. It has different behavior, obviously, um, and it, it shows up in different places, but it is a member of the villager family, and you can find that information on the Minecraft website. Um, in the, um, I believe it's in the article where they introduce the wandering trader. They, they, I think they explicitly call the wandering trader a type of villager or a member of the villager family, which is just a kind of cool little background lore to dig into a little bit, which also kind of opens up, and I'll talk about this later in another episode probably. Um, it opens up the possibilities for new varieties of traders, uh, I'm sorry, new varieties of um, villagers that aren't native to a village who might have different behaviors. Uh, there's something cool that could be there uh, in future updates, possibly. Well, the pros of the trader, I think, are what was the what the trader was intended to do, and that is to give new players to the game and uh, people who are playing the game in early gameplay um, the opportunity to get rare blocks, um, and in the case of a new player to the game, uh, to see, oh, there are blocks out there in the world, I should go explore and find maybe a coral block or maybe a lily pad or this other thing that this villager, this uh, trader is trading. Um, and I and I think that that's a good a good thing. I think that um, people who are uh, new to the game who don't really know a lot about it, who they haven't read the wiki, maybe they haven't watched people on YouTube play Minecraft, and they don't know quite how the game works. Um, there's not a lot in the early game to direct them, and I know that's by design, and I think it's a good thing. But those little in-world, in in-game uh, helps, I think, are good to have, where a, uh, a new player to the game encounters this guy, who's got two llamas, he's interesting, you want to see what he does, you right-click on him. Oh, he's trading, he, he's selling uh, coral blocks, what is that? How do I get those? And um, the, 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 obviously the idea that you can't just continually trade with the trader and get as many as you would want, that is an incentive to go out, explore the world, find a coral reef, find a swamp, and get yourself some of those materials. Um, it's a, it's a good thing. I think that's, that is the pro, um, to the trader. And I also think maybe, maybe as kind of a side note, they do add some life and depth, depth to the game. Uh, you don't feel uh, that you're so isolated in the world, especially if you're apart from a village and you're not living next to a village. I think you can feel kind of alone and isolated. And having some uh, traveling salesman just show up randomly kind of gives you an idea that the world is alive around you, you know, and that there's things going on in the world that don't necessarily have anything to do with you. Uh, and that's And that's a cool kind of 
added depth to the game that I think it, it actually kind of needs. So I guess that's another kind of side pro of the, the trader. I mean, the cons of the trader, well, he's annoying. <laughs> uh, he shows up kind of when you don't really expect him to or necessarily want him to. Um, you might want him, if, if you like the trader, you might want him to stick around. Unfortunately, they don't. Um, I don't know if, I, I, for some reason, I think the trader and the trader's llamas will despawn if you, even if you do uh, name them, I think they will despawn after a while, um, which I think is an unfortunate design. Um, I think that if you name them, they should stick around and they should um, in some ways have a behavior like the villager at that point. But um, as of now, I think that they do despawn no matter what you do. Um, I don't. I don't think that's a good thing. I think that that is kind of a frustrating thing, especially if you want the the uh, the trader to stick around, um, and for there to be a trader present, maybe for atmosphere in your build, um, maybe just because I mean you want a pet trader for some odd reason. I don't know. I think for a sandbox game, that's a that's kind of a strange limiting factor there. And I think too, uh, there there's a lot of people out in the community who have really great ideas. Um, as to what could make the trader better, and I, um, I was kind of doing research for this, uh, for this episode, um, and at this time uh, on January twenty first, uh, Olraf, who's a Minecraft dev, um, actually tweeted this. He said, "How often do you trade with the Wandering Trader, and for what items? What items do you think should be added to its wares?" And this is a great question, and I and I just kind of, um, I just kind of latched onto this and followed the the comments that happened after it. I'm going to uh, read off the comments that I thought were uh, particularly good and um, uh, say who who uh, tweeted these. So, um, first of all, Cubfan, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Cubfan, um, he, he uh, replied, he said, I very rarely trade with him. To me, the Wandering Trader needs some unique items that might not be otherwise obtainable. Some items might be infested stone blocks in portal frames, uh, grass path blocks, and other blocks that the players cannot obtain normally or are unique. Um, I think that was a cool idea. In portal frames, that would be interesting to see um, if you could, in, instead of trying to find a stronghold, if you could instead, over time, gain in portal frames, maybe for a lot of emeralds from a wandering trader, and just kind of build an end portal in your, in your base. I don't know if that would work with the mechanics of the game as they are right now, and I personally highly doubt that that's going to happen. I think that they, they want you to take that journey um, to find the stronghold. I think that's been an intricate part of the game for many, many years. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. However, it would be cool to see. Um, I don't really know who would want to have infested stone blocks. Um, one of my least favorite things in the game, and I think most people hate them. Um, not that we want them removed, but they are a frustrating challenge. You know, they do add something to the game, but I don't think people want to have them anywhere near, um, just simply because they are annoying to deal with. Um, grass path blocks, I could see the use for that, uh, especially in a, in a, and I think they do this in Skyblock. I'm not very familiar with Skyblock, but I do know the Wandering Trader is pretty much irreplaceable in the Skyblock game. Uh, another reply to, uh, Olraf's tweet was from Muki Tanuki. They say, the issue with, uh, the Wandering Traders is that their trades are either too common or to be worthwhile or sold in quantities that aren't worth purchasing. Uh, for example, sand or coral. If you could reliably get them to spawn, they might be considerably more useful. 
And to kind of build off of that idea, uh, Dina Alana, at Dina Alana, tweeted, I would suggest uh, a trading post in a village with llama stables where once or twice weekly about four or five traders come from far off and the trades would change each time. During the days when there wasn't uh, four or five, you could still keep an eye on the trading post in case one comes along. I thought that was a great idea. To have a a new structure, period, in the game is a great idea. But a structure, especially with this use case is such a good idea. Um, I don't think necessarily that the the, uh, the trading post would have to be in the village. They could just be, uh, you could encounter them um, just in the wild or sort of like on a random path that kind of winds its way through a, through a plains or through a forest. That would be an amazing idea. Um, so it would almost be uh, just this reliable place where you could go and find a wandering trader um, whenever you wanted to, and you don't have to wait around for them to show up. I feel like that would solve so many problems with the Wandering Trader. It, it, it would just be amazing. I really hope that uh, Olaf saw that, and maybe they're taking that into consideration. It would be an amazing thing. It would at least make a great mod. Um, but I think adding that to the vanilla game would solve so many problems. Um, at Oregon Arbel. Uh, tweets, it would be cool if he sold things that were impossible to get otherwise. That's what Cub fan said. Um, but things that are fun and not integral to progress in the game. Think about stuff that would be cool to place around your house. A unique wall picture. Something that makes an animal dance. Uh, unique pigments. Um, another direction is things that enhance your exploration. Imagine the traveler merchant, or the wandering trader, is um, actually an explorer that uncovered artifacts things like a handheld lantern from a tomb that makes Endermen attracted to you, or a key to an otherwise inaccessible obsidian temple, etc. And Olaf replied and said, I like the idea of something that will encourage you to go exploring instead of bringing the exploration to you. Cool. So, it was was interesting that Olaf um, uh, caught on to that one thing, uh, that it would be cool to have something to encourage you to go exploring, um, instead of bringing the exploration to you. I think that is, we have to remember that that is going to be a cornerstone of the philosophy that the developers are working on. They don't want you to have everything in arm's reach when it comes to playing Minecraft. And I know that kind of flies in the face of everyone who likes automation. Um, I'm planning on having an episode about automation and what I feel about automation for me personally. Um, I personally don't like the idea of having everything in arm's reach. I kind of like that hands-on block by block approach to the game. And I think that's what the deve- the developers are aiming for. Um, and I think that's re- reflected in Olraf's tweet that uh, they like the idea of things that encourage you to go exploring rather than bringing the exploration to you. Um, and something that the wandering trader, I think that um, this tweet um, at uh, Oregon Arbel suggested... Um, that the, the Wandering Trader could possibly uh, sell you things that encourage you to go out. And what could those things be? Well, it could be something like a tool that would be useful. Like you said, that, that lantern with that magical property um, may be a key to a, an, a place that you could go and lock that you couldn't otherwise just mine through. Um, I think, yeah, utilizing Obsidian in that way to uh, kind of funnel the player through a prescribed... Um, pathway, I think that's not necessarily a bad idea. I think in certain cases that would be a good thing, um, and it would kind of play into maybe some possible lore. Um, but having those uh, items tradable that you can only get through the Wandering Trader that have some sort of property that encourages you to go out and find something, 
Um, I mean, we have the buried treasure maps. I think that's a good example of something. You have the Woodland Mansion maps. You have the um, the other maps that lead you to the uh, ocean monuments. I think those are good examples of things that you could possibly uh, trade for that encourage you to go out and explore the game. Honestly, I think if those two things were in place so that you could have a wandering trader outpost where you go and you can reliably find them, um, and also that they trade things that, one, are useful, uh, two, that are unobtainable in any other way so that you have to get them from the wandering trader, um, and three, that encourage you to go out and explore the game um, and, and find things. I think that if those three things were implemented, the wandering trader would not only be worth having around, but it would be something that we would look forward to no matter what point you were in the game. If you were in the early game or if you were in end game, the, the wandering trader would always be relevant instead of simply being a guy that you get free leads from and, uh, you get to, you know, kill some llamas. I mean, essentially, that's what the Wandering Trader is right now. He's just a big old target for you to practice swinging your sword at. Um, there's so much more potential there. I hope that the developers uh, take these suggestions um, uh, and uh, apply them, maybe, in some way. They have done that before in many ways that were surprising and made the game so much better. And I think that this is a great opportunity for them to do the same thing. Um, so that's all the time that I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is episode four. We're four episodes deep. Maybe when we get to 64 episodes, we'll have a special episode just to, to celebrate having a full stack. <laughs> um, but until then, I hope that you subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy it. Uh, let me know by giving me a review on Apple Podcast. I would love to see what you have to say about the show. And I hope to see you again in the next episode next week. So until then, keep digging straight now. <laughs>